Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Poison Root, Chapter 5, The Farmhouse Victor snored and turned over, disturbing one of the fire's logs with his foot. Trip looked up, jerked out of his half-stupor at the sudden noise. Somewhere a bird croaked into the night air, and Trip, slightly spooked now, looked in the direction he thought it had come from. There was just blackness. They had camped a few metres off the main road in the middle of nowhere. Shivering, the boy huddled down under his blanket. It had been a tiring three days. Victor had listened carefully to questions Trip had asked him, and then either completely ignored him, grunted, or answered with one-word answers. Trip closed his eyes and, in his mind, opened once again the ragged copy of Victor and the Mind Warper of Dorth. The illustration on the front was faded, but still visible, a young man with an enormous sword plunging into the mouth of some immense monster, tentacles flying everywhere. Inside, the text was printed on the cheapest paper with the cheapest ink, but that didn't matter. In Trip's mind, the adventures came to life, Victor the hero ducking, diving, rescuing men and women. Trip opened his eyes. Victor had drunk from a wine sack before sleeping, and every snore grated on the senses. The old man had a couple of days' growth of beard, and a small amount of drool glistened in the corner of his mouth. Disgusted, Trip turned his head to look up at the moon, which was how he managed to miss the attack. A rustle was the only warning Trip had that anything was amiss. Suddenly the entire campsite was in chaotic action, Victor rolling to his feet with sword in hand. Right there, in the middle of their bedrolls, stood... something. It was a little taller than Trip, squat and broad. Its limbs were thin, though, giving it the impression of ranginess and tensile strength. It was green in the firelight, the head a black circle ringed with petals. The face was covered in seeds like some kind of broad flower. Victor wasted no time in kicking it in the chest, causing it to stumble backwards. It hissed, spreading its arms as wide as possible, then careened back again as he lashed out with his sword. Trip could see the vicious smile on Victor's face as the man threw out his arm. The plant man, already almost falling backwards, took another step away from Victor and directly into the fire. In a second it was engulfed, the flaming effigy of a man flailing its arms back and forth. Trip dived out of the way just in time as one of the arms thrashed near him, then watched as the creature ran off into the darkness. It was visible for a long way before it crumpled to its knees, finally falling over. Victor was already kneeling at his bedroll, gathering it up and tying the leather strap around it. Come on, lad, he said. We got lucky with that one, but there might be more. Trip bent to fold up the blanket that was lying discarded on the ground. Suddenly he was warm, the adrenaline pumping through his system, making him feel wide awake and bone-tired all at the same time. What was that thing? Victor didn't look up. Some sort of plant man. I've not seen its like before, but it's a logical step. I mean, look at the thing that destroyed my house. I hadn't exactly forgotten it, Trip muttered, guilt rising up inside him again. Victor carried on, apparently not noticing. Whatever that was, it was intelligent, at least clever enough to move towards humans and destroy whatever was around it. Animal intelligence, like a pack of wolves. It moved too slowly, though. We got away. The next step is something else, something that moves like we do. Then it's a plant again. His voice drifted off into nothing as he looked down at the ground. See here, he said, and beckoned the boy. It tracks. Looks like it came from deep round. We should hurry. 
Victor finished tying the pack down and hoisted it onto his back. Taking a careful step around the fresh scuffs in the dirt, he walked back onto the path and set off the way they had been travelling earlier. Trip, suddenly feeling very alone in the night, trotted after him. The moon was high and graced everything with a silvery lining, casting eerie shadows from the trees and the occasional fence that marked the border of someone's land. As the minutes turned to hours and the miles passed slowly under Trip's tired feet, he started to lag behind. The trail of the creature, whatever it was, led almost straight and true along the path, and Trip grew tired of seeing the same long, dragging scars, the dirt kicked up by the claws of whatever it was that had attacked them. The sky started to lighten, bringing with it a grey feeling that made Trip's eyes itch. He looked around, hoping for a handy stump or something to sit down on for a moment, but there was nothing. So engrossed was he in looking that he nearly walked into Victor's back. The man had stopped in the middle of the path. What? Trip said, but Victor's hand swept out and cut him off. Shh. Trip looked around again. They had stopped in a clearing, the path having travelled into a small copse. The sun would be rising in a few minutes, and there was nothing particularly threatening to be seen. The creature's trail went off to the right, through a bush. What are we looking for? Trip whispered. Not looking. Listening, Victor replied. Trip listened, but heard nothing. Nothing to hear. Where are the birds? Deep rounds, about an hour away. There's a farm on the other side of this woodland. Can you hear any animals? Trip frowned and listened carefully. Still nothing. Victor quietly unsheathed his sword and handed the pack to Trip. Come on, we're going looking, Victor said, then moved off between the trees without waiting for a response. Trip slipped his sandals off and picked them up, putting his feet down gently into the grass. Without the slapping noise of leather on skin, he was able to move far quieter than the big man. Together they moved out of the trees and into the growing daylight. The first rays of morning light struck the tallest point of the farm in front of them, the enormous barn walls red in the radiance. Next to the barn stood a smaller farmhouse, a fenced-off area visible that contained a few pigs and a couple of woebegone-looking sheep. Two cows were in the field that lay between Trip and the farmhouse, their udders fat with milk. This is wrong, Victor muttered. Farmer should have milked em cows before now. Should be people buzzing all over this farm like flies on a dung heap. He stood up straight and stared at the scene for a moment, then sheathed his sword and turned back towards the path. Victor, look, Trip said, pointing. A clear path was carved through a field of tall grass, looping away from the farmhouse and up towards the path they had just left. Trip stared hard at the front of the farmhouse. In the distance, near the door, there was a small brown object moving backwards and forwards, and reflexively he took a few steps forward and squinted. It was an arm, waving. Tiredness forgotten, Trip ran to where Victor was already striding away and grabbed his arm. There are people down there, on the floor. They might be hurt. Not right. We have to help them. Trip shook his arm free of Trip's grasp. No, we don't. Come on. Trip's mouth fell open in amazement as he watched Victor's receding back, and he scowled and growled in frustration. Fine, you go. I'm going to see if those people need help, he called, then turned and started walking down the hill toward the farm. Behind him he heard a sigh, something muttered that was probably filthy, and Victor's heavy footfalls. I'm coming, the man said. You'd probably fall and hurt yourself anyway. Who'll pay me then? Trip shook his head. Is that all you think about? There could be people down there alive and injured, and all you can think about is money? 
Victor frowned, then shrugged. Hmm. Mayhap one of them will pay me if I save him. Tripp shook his head. It was impossible to reconcile the impression he'd built up of Victor from reading his books to the mercenary he was travelling with. The farm was eerily quiet as they approached. The animals looked at them stupidly before going back to eating the meagre food they had. Troughs haven't been refilled in a couple of days, Victor muttered, drawing his sword again. Where'd you see this waving person? Round the front, Tripp whispered. The ground floor of the farmhouse had a wide veranda complete with lanterns strung up. Several chairs were visible, the family evidently taking advantage of the lighter evenings to sit outside and relax. The arm protruded from behind the small fence that kept the farm animals from invading, and kept moving at a steady rate as they closed in on it. With ten metres to go, Tripp could hold on no longer. Are you okay? he called in a low voice. Almost immediately Victor hissed something at him and dropped into a crouch, but nothing happened. Victor walked up the steps and bent to examine something. Tripp heard him sigh. What? he said. Victor stood up. In his hands he was holding the fabric arm of a scarecrow. Satisfied, was all he said, holding it out. Tripp took the arm and looked at it. A piece of the fabric had ripped off the end and was trailing to be caught by the wind. Relief flooded through him, followed hotly by embarrassment. He turned to Victor, an apology already forming on his lips, only to find the man with his sword out again. Wait, Victor said. You smell that? Now he moved like a seasoned warrior, one step at a time towards the front door. Slowly his hand pushed it open, a shaft of light illuminating chairs, table, a pile of pots and pans. Splashes of red covered everything.